With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, everybody, what's up? Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Michael Beller and Jake Seeley here with you to talk through our Week 13 rankings. We're going to break down all 14 games ahead of us on this Week 13 slate uh, to get you ready for your fantasy matchups in what is the second to last week of the regular season for most of us in this new 17-game, 18-week reality. Uh, Jake, I'm going to say this right here. It's uh, no Brandon Funston today, just you and me, and typically we get the show started Two minutes after the hour, four minutes after the hour, <laughs> something like that. Here we are, no Funston, and we're starting right at the top of the hour. I think we found our magic uh, formula for starting the show on time. We did. Although uh, now your video's uh, breaking up without him. What's going on? Like, uh, can't uh, have a nice video and no, no Funston. See, it can't, can't. God. Everything can't be right. But yes, we can't uh, have everything. I suppose. Fun, well, Funston. See, that's why it's the technical side of things. Funston takes like three minutes <laughs> to get rolling because he tries to record the audio seven times before it actually works. Yeah, there you go. And that gives everything time to settle before we get going. So it's nice. We found, obviously, a pretty good formula for us uh, of what works here on uh, the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. What works for us today, however, is just breaking down all of Week uh, 13's games. As I said, the second to last week for most of us in our regular season. So playoff berths will be clinched this week. Playoff hopes will be dashed this week. And it uh, it's just going to be an important week, even if it doesn't carry the gravitas that week 13 has typically carried in our fantasy football lives. So let's jump right into it, Jake. Let's just get going game by game. And let's just talk general impressions, what we think. You know, we don't need to break down every single superstar who we know we're going to be starting, but we see these teams, we see these games, and we know who's intriguing and who isn't from a fantasy perspective. So let's start this off with Bengals and Chargers. The Bengals are three-point favorites. At, uh, at BetMGM at home against the Chargers. 50 and a half is the total on this game. And that's something that jumped out at me at this one, Jake. I, I mean, I know there's a lot of talent on both offenses, but neither team has been the brand of team that's playing in games that regularly gets into the 50. So I was just surprised to see this total as high as, it, as high as it is, excuse me. And I guess it makes me feel better about the guys who I'm obviously starting in this game. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. It almost feels fantasy side of it that they're at this level because you see Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams. And I'm not talking mm-hmm. about the quarterbacks on either side. And then you have a trio of wide receivers plus Joe Mixon on the other side. And you're like, wow, right. this should be, you know, a lot of production in this game. <laughs> uh, really what it comes down to is I wouldn't start Tyler Boyd unless need be. You know how I feel about that. And he mm-hmm. has been. He's been the odd man out. He has one good game every four weeks or so at this point. So the others, I mean, you still have to start Mike Williams, although it really comes down to how Justin Herbert does any given week. Mm-hmm. And I would say against the Bengals, a good chance. This thing is that what's surprising, and maybe to your point about the 50.5 being a little high, is their secondaries can both – they don't – they're not top end. They're not even the Giants or the Panthers secondaries, but 
and it feels like any given week they might play that way. Like the Bengals mm-hmm. have a secondary that some weeks are like, wow, they played really well Look this last week. week. Yeah. yeah, and then you have the Chargers do the same thing. The Chargers are like, wow, they're playing really well this week. And then actually I think since week seven or eight, the Chargers have really fallen off in the pass department. But both of them could shut this down. That's where I say like the, the total might be high, but it won't stop the fantasy production. Like even if they both only score – 20-something, low 20s. Mm-hmm. Hey, for the main six guys we're going after, not including right. Tyler Boyd, I think we should be okay. Yeah, I think we're I think we're okay there, too. Justin Herbert is the one who would potentially scare me, but like I, I would imagine you that most Justin that. Herbert... Yeah, I know, right? But I, I would imagine most Justin Herbert managers aren't in a position where they have a second quarterback who they're starting over Justin Herbert. Taysom Hill? Taysom Hill. Yeah, you'd play Hilt Taysom over. No, uh, over I, I, I have just I have Justin <laughs> Herbert. It still is the top ten. I think the conversation yeah. for Herbert comes down to Herbert versus like Cousins and Carr. Who uh-huh. they're, they're I mean, all those quarterbacks are kind of similar at this point. And that's right. I jokingly said, you know how I feel about Herbert, but that was my point about Herbert is I feel like he deserves to be in that car. Or, yeah, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. If Ryan Tannehill was playing. Right, and you can't, you know, Ryan Till's got yeah, nobody left to play with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in that same conversation of quarterbacks, which isn't a bad thing, they're fringe mm-hmm. QB. Joe Burrow too on the other side of the ball. Yeah. It's just I wasn't taking him out of that conversation, so it's fine that he's here. And so maybe if you were playing two quarterbacks, but as you said, a lot of people drafted Justin Herbert super high and don't really have a backup. And I wouldn't go as far as Taysom Hill. I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, not quite that far. I mean, he might outscore him, but I wouldn't go that far yet. Yeah, yeah, but you're not necessarily comfortable playing that game. Uh, should be a fun one. And obviously, as we keep saying, anytime uh, two of these AFC teams get together, it's a huge game in the real world with uh, the the playoff implications that we get out of Cincinnati and the Chargers. Another huge game in the real world in the AFC. Probably the marquee game of the week from just a pure real-life football perspective is the Monday night game between the Bills and the Patriots. Bills field goal favorites at home, just a 43.5 total on this one. And again, this is a game where you know we know obviously who we're playing and who we're not playing so there's not a ton of intrigue maybe with someone like Jacoby Myers for example maybe with someone like Emmanuel Sanders depending on how deep your league is and how you're looking at it but do you worry at all that the defenses in this game the way that they've played can stymie the fantasy production for the guys who we know we are playing Mm, pretty much everybody except for Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs I would have concern about you know I'm not trusting that backfield haven't been the entire year even though mm-hmm. Matt Breida was fun uh, in DFS purposes and saved this day with a <laughs> touchdown. But I'm not chasing that backfield, and I think this could be one of the worst backfields situations we see for the Patriots. If you're talking about the split that we've seen with Harris and Stevenson, hasn't been bad most of the season because they've been mm-hmm. slightly lesser versions of the Broncos when the split happened. Before that, Damian Harris was great as I dropped my water. Um, but <laughs> if you look at it, I say that's more the concern is because they're going against the Bills defense and the Bills defense for most of this year outside of Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor have been really good against running backs. And then what Patriots wide receivers do you want to start anyway? Jacoby Myers is the floor. Kendrick Bourne has like four good games, and he's like basically Deshaun Jackson. I know people are excited for it because two of the last three games is when it happened. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'd be concerned about a lot of options in this game outside of Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. And with Allen and Diggs, I mean, are you you still penciling them in for typical production? Uh Uh-oh, you you got a spill there? Uh, Yeah, I spilled my water, but I'm just – it's not anything major. I'm just wiping up. This is my back scratcher, my – Bear claw back scratcher. <laughs> it oh, works really man, good. Got, do you have like a yeah yeah? You've got like a serious back itch issue. 
No, it's just it's sitting here for like when you know I'm doing work and it's that it's always that one spot by the shoulder blade and it's uh-huh. a bear claw so it reaches across you can actually like really get that spot <laughs> it's that one everybody knows that spot it's that one spot that you oh, see like, yeah. God's like ha ha you can't get this yeah. spot on your back that gets the itchiest we the have, most we've yet to evolve to be able to reach that spot right maybe one day maybe some maybe uh, our successors a, in the human evolve. race just, just get a just get a bear claw. <laughs> Uh, not the bear donut. claw for for Stefan Diggs and, and Josh Allen. I mean, if you're if you're starting them this week, which you obviously are, if you have them, are you thinking, great, I've got Josh Allen, he's awesome, but I maybe need someone else in my lineup to step up a little bit? Mm, not so much. I mean, look, we we talk about this all the time, and I think it's funny that people always think Billichek's the only. I, I've said this on the show. Everybody thinks Billichek's the only one out of the 32 teams that aims to stop the best weapon on the other side of the ball like yes they've been better at it he's a better game yeah. plan strategist <laughs> than most if that's even Strate- a way strategist strategist just yes yeah, i was gonna say a str- strategist uh, just making up words <laughs> on spilling water over here uh but really what it comes down to is just yeah look you're starting digs you're starting josh allen maybe they're not number one and number one but they're QB one and wide receiver one, so I would say I wouldn't think too much on it. All right, let's get to 49ers and Seahawks here. 49ers three and a half point favorites in Seattle. Forty five is the total on this game. All the intrigue, or most of the intrigue for me at least, is on Seattle's side. What are you doing with these guys? What do you? I mean, you have to start DK Metcalf. You have to start Tyler Lockett. Do you have to start Russell Wilson? No. Right? I mean, do you maybe even a better way to think about it is do you even start Russell Wilson unless he's your only quarterback? Uh, I would start Taysom Hill over Russell Wilson, or I would think long and hard go. about it. I have him one yeah. spot in front of T- Russell Wilson because the Russian floor is at least there. We all know at some point Russell Wilson's finger is going to get right, but that's the problem is how right is it? Like that's like, And when is that going to happen? You know, it's a mm-hmm. major injury that everybody out there said was coming back way too soon from. Everybody says he's not going to be able to be Russell Wilson, and it comes down to holding the ball and throwing with that finger. And as we've seen, he's sailing passes. He's missing his mark. You know, he did hit Tyler Lockett, but that one was floated up there for a long time. It just it comes down yeah. to it. But it, that's the upside of it. Is you can't, like you said, you can't bench Lockett. You can't bench DK as much as DK has been completely left out. But this, here's the thing, too, is the bringing in of Adrian Peterson. I don't know if he's active this week, but – it's not just Russell Wilson when it comes to DK Metcalf. You watch the last two games, and defenses are just doing what they're doing with TJ Hawkinson and Kyle mm-hmm. Pitts and other teams like that. Right. And so his in a different fashion. He's being completely bracketed. He's just being guy over the top, guy underneath, potentially even a guy off the extra safety. It's just it's ridiculous. So that's mm-hmm. why DK is not hitting. So if Russell Wilson slash maybe the backfield can do something because nobody nobody respects the running backs, and for good reason. Yeah, why should they? Yeah, exactly. They've not shown us anything since the Chris Carson injury, really, that would make us respect them. We have to respect the running backs on the 49ers, of course, but one of those running backs, not going to be out there, Debo Samuel. Uh, what are your expectations for the 49ers offense in a Debo-less world? Backs. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, uh, this really wouldn't have changed, even if – Debo is out there. You know, it's fun to see him get that work. It's similar to Robert Woods. I mean, it's not something we haven't mm-hmm. seen before. It's just been yeah. exciting because he scored touchdowns. I just mean for there. like the whole offense, not necessarily yeah. for Eli Mitchell. No, I know. Just like how does the offense right. spread no, no, no. out without But I was Debo. just bringing it up because people are having – it's been a big thing, you know, making jokes about it. I mean, I even jokingly said give him RB eligibility, you cowards, <laughs> as a joke on, on, at, during the game. But it comes down yeah. to because he scored a touchdown at three straight. That's why. You know, otherwise yeah. we'd just be like, oh, look, he's chipping in 20, 30 yards. But uh-huh. it's the Eli Mitchell. And that's why I was saying is because I don't care who else is back there. 
been saying this since what week? When was the week that Eli Mitchell came back from injury? Was it week five or six? Whatever it was. Right in there. I can't remember what it was. The first game he came back, I was tentative. Everybody was. It was like, ooh, did mm-hmm. Trey Sermon prove in that one game with his good game that this is now a committee? Yeah. Or not even a committee, but a timeshare because the timeshare is only two, as Scott Engel always says. Cause timeshare is two, committee is three. Uh, but that was the concern. And Eli Mitchell immediately comes back. It wasn't a great game, but in that game, Trey Sermon had one touch. One, and then none the next week. It is Elijah Mitchell. He is Shanahan's guy. Stop being worried about it. So even if Debo is healthy, even if Debo is not, it, if Hasty's active, I'm not concerned. It's Elijah Mitchell. He's a fringe RB1 for the rest of the year, as we've been saying for weeks now. All right, let's get on to the Thursday night game. So if it's Friday or Saturday and you're listening, you can skip ahead a couple of minutes. This news came to me from uh, viewer James Martin. Thank you, James. I went and checked on Twitter, and Alvin Kamara indeed not going to play on Thursday night football for the Saints against the Cowboys. Cowboys four-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. So, I mean, we're firing up Mark Ingram with a ton of confidence in this one for sure, right, Jake? Uh, I'd say ton yeah volume ton i'd say as an rb2 top 20 that's fair you know he's they're without both their tackles too and ram chick and armstead so that's on Uh top of it and then Taysom hill is starting we know that and he's Mm -hmm. going to run which we've seen what he does to this backfield we've seen what he's done to alvin Kamara before so i say that to say this is like yes you are but you might have a team where you don't actually need mark ingram like, you know, I'd yeah, say, um, uh, let's see if I could, would I start him over Miles Gaskin against the Giants? I don't think so. Jamal Williams mm-hmm. with no DeAndre Swift against Minnesota? I don't think so. How about, how about in this same game, Tony Pollard? I'd start him over Tony Pollard, and I have Tony Pollard at 23. Miles Sanders against the Jets, and that's what, so he's not even top 20. He's just outside the top 20. He's a low-end RB, too. So that's the confidence where you might not need him. I mean, if you had Jamal Williams and you picked him up and you grabbed Miles Gaskin and you're riding that fun and waited on David Montgomery, you might not need Mike Mark Ingram. Yeah, I think that's I, – I suppose that's fair. I've got him in one spot where I definitely do need him, and so he will be <laughs> out there for me. And I think that's going to be true for a lot of people who picked up Mark Ingram – Weeks ago, after the trade or after the Alvin Kamara injury, whatever the case out there might chasing be. Rex Burkhead. <laughs> hey, yeah, exactly. Right, if you're chasing Rex Burkhead, then Mark Ingram's definitely going to be your guy. You say Tony Pollard at running back twenty three, so he's in that mix as well. Uh, feel comfortable starting him alongside Zeke. I think we have to assume right now that yeah, Zeke's going to get his usual workload. Well, if it's Jerry Jones, he's going to get more than that. Apparently, <laughs> like apparently, Mike McCarthy was the one holding Ezekiel back from yeah. getting his full <laughs> workload, but. Yeah, I'm looking right now. I have Ezekiel Elliott just outside RB1 conversation just mm-hmm. because it's just twofold. Is One is the matchup. Still have to respect the yep. Saints. The Saints are still one of the best sure. defenses, both run and pass in the league. And then, two, no matter what Jerry says, you know, the knee has looked to be an issue. He did come in and mm-hmm. get his touchdown. But let's say Tony Pollard scores that and finishes off that drive. And, I mean, actually, right. that, that, the run on the play I mean, right that before a, that. Like, yeah, down at the one. Yeah. yeah. Then Ezekiel Elliott's day on Thanksgiving was pretty terrible for Ezekiel Elliott yeah. Sanders. And that's why I don't think he's a locked-in RB1 going forward. Mm-hmm. We talked about this on Monday. I say worst-case scenario, I think that the Broncos now, and I think that's really how you have to treat them, although just a bigger of a gap where Williams and Melvin Gordon almost back-to-back. I say Zeke and then mm-hmm. six to eight spots and then Tony Pollard. Yeah, I think that's fair. And then you've also got maybe just a little boost for them versus the Denver guys in that it's just a better offensive environment generally for Dallas. We just expect them to put up more yards, more points in a given week. So that also works to their favor. CeeDee Lamb, back for this game. Mari Cooper, almost certainly back for this game. Listed as questionable, like but 
you probably don't activate a guy from the COVID-19 list and then sit him out. So most likely right. getting Amari Cooper back, right? <laughs> who knows? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, it could happen. It's just unlikely. Right, right. No, I just meant like, I, who knows nowadays? Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> it's, it's no true. Idea. It's true. But uh, as you and I are recording this at uh, 10.15 a.m. Uh, Eastern time, getting my time zones all screwed up 10 15 a.m eastern time most likely that we will see amari cooper out there later tonight when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Jake, Bucks and Falcons, the next game that we're going to talk about here. Bucks 10.5 point favorites in Atlanta. A lot of big road favorites this week. The total on this game is 50. Um, you know, I, I guess the first thing that comes to mind in this game when I look at it is like, what are we doing with Kyle Pitts? Because it's been bad for him for weeks now. Uh, you're starting him unless, you know, maybe Logan Thomas, if we know he's 100%, I would make the case for Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas, three double-digit scores before he got hurt, and they lived in his mm-hmm. first game back. You could make a case for him. Uh, obviously, my boy, Air Fryermuth. You know, I love some Air Fryermuth. I think at this uh-huh. point, you're starting yeah. him. You are starting him. At, and, hey, 100% of the snaps in the game that Darren Waller missed – I don't know that I would pull the trigger on Foster Moreau, but I think <laughs> I'm, I mean, I have Foster Moreau inside my top 10, and Kyle Pitts is not. They're really, what it comes down to is Kyle Pitts has just been, he knows he's Jacoby Myers at tight end, yeah. but worse, Jacoby Myers. Like, he's <laughs> only got one touchdown. That's what's really killing him at tight end, is he has one touchdown. That That's like the yards, he's top five. Receptions, he's top yeah. 10. So it's getting to work, but a lot of that came earlier this year, too, to make that clear before anybody jumps all over that. It hasn't happened right. as much in this since Calvin Ridley has taken a, a, a absence from the NFL. So you look at it, and it's the conversation I keep having about Hawkinson, who is down in this conversation, too, is who else are you going to try and stop? And that's what teams are yeah. doing. They are triple mm-hmm. covering Kyle Pitts, and they say, fine, let Russell Gage and old matey Zacchaeus beat us because you can't. <laughs> Because they really, really can't do it. Yeah. Uh, let's reach back to what the previous game we were just talking about for a second and answer a question for Brian McCarthy, who's watching us on YouTube. Thank you, Brian. Uh, Mark Ingram Mike's tonight brother? or Daryl Henderson? Oh, man. I mean, he would maybe have an inside uh, line on this uh, game, <laughs> right? Ingram tonight or Daryl Henderson with the uh, did not practice earlier this week uh, on Sunday. You are you wait basically are you waiting for Daryl Henderson? Or are you taking the sure thing play in Mark Ingram, even though he's clearly a lesser fantasy option? Should Henderson go this weekend? This is why the, the read the brain link in, at the top of my rankings that everybody skips past <laughs> because no, it comes down to what's your decision. First of all, we have to find out Thursday is today. He still might practice today. This might you you don't have to yeah. make this decision until tonight, but. Let's right. say Henderson doesn't practice today. Then it comes down to evaluate your team. So you said it. Mark Ingram is the safe play. We've talked about Mark Ingram's barely in RB2. 
So mm-hmm. do you take those guaranteed points or do you wait? Because evaluate your team. Don't look at your opponent. Don't look at their projections. Don't look at Always. your projections. Look at your team and say, do I need more upside or do I need floor? If your floor answer is easy, it's Mark Ingram. If you need upside, now the question is, do you have a backup plan? Because you still can't risk mm-hmm. a zero. So if you don't have, like, like say, Mark Ingram's your RB4 and you don't have an RB5 on your roster, then yeah. you can't wait. But if you do, and like maybe you have, it's the flex option, and you could say, hey, I need that upside. I'm going to wait. And if he doesn't play, I'll throw in Deshaun Jackson because I just need ceiling. Uh-huh. Then that's how you make your decision there. Yeah. yeah, I think that's exactly the way that I would attack this too. So let's attack our next game, Raiders and Washington. Two and a half point favorites are Deshaun the Raiders Jackson. at home <laughs> against Washington. There we go. Deshaun Jackson, the perfect Deshaun Jackson transition. Um, so first of all, right off the bat, I think like, well, I kind of want to bet on Washington because why are the Raiders coming off this monster Thanksgiving win in Dallas, 10 days off, only two and a half point favorites at home against a meh Washington team? That's the first thought that pops into my mind. <laughs> and I guess the second thought is like, are there any leftovers, if you will, from that Thanksgiving game uh, that we saw from the Raiders with a huge game from Hunter Renfro, the big game from Foster Moreau? Like, what are we taking from that game and applying to week 13? From the Raiders game, you mean? So, like, yeah, I'd say the, from that performance that they had. So, okay, so there's a couple things. So, on the Washington side, I don't think they're that mad. Like I said, just about Logan Thomas, and I think Curtis Samuel. I'm not starting Curtis Samuel yet, but I've been saying in waivers mm-hmm. for weeks to go grab him. They need this is why they signed him. They need a number two wide receiver. Yeah, Logan Thomas has essentially been their number two, similar to like a Kyle Pitts or a Travis Kelsey or anything like that. But I'm saying it's like, again, I'm not starting Curtis Samuel this week because right now it is still Logan Thomas because Curtis Samuel has to get 100%. He wasn't even barely in that game. What was it, like 20% of the snaps? So I'd say, you know, Washington is not that mess, especially with how Antonio Gibson is playing. And by the way, if J.D. McKissick is active, you run, mm-hmm. run, run, run on the Raiders. And I think McKissick could be intriguing. And if McKissick is out, you may be in a deep league, even some Jarrett Patterson. On the Raiders side of it, it's Deshaun Jackson. And I go back. That said, you wait for the ceiling. I don't want to start Deshaun Jackson until I see. There you go. <laughs> I, I'd play Halo with the viewers. Period. <laughs> uh, hey, uh. here's a hint. My gamer tag is really easy to find. If you know who I am, I mean, it's like I've way back in the day. It was one of the first. Although it has spaces in it, I don't know if you can do spaces anymore. It does have spaces in it, so there's it's it's really easy to find my gamer tag. There you go, Nanner. If you're looking for it, hey, I, that I will lead do, you to just it. probably not during the season, but I'll be ready and to hopefully not suck too much after the season. Yeah. Although I'll let you know right now, I am a sucky teammate. I I usually have like a. 0.75 kill, kill death ratio for everybody out there this that is knows, all, knows this is yeah. all completely over my head yes yeah, so <laughs> i'm not i don't even one to one on halo uh anyway deshaun jackson i would like him more if i just saw he was in front of brian edwards that's the problem mm-hmm. he's basically out there as much as you know you see zay yep. jones still splitting snaps with him he was fourth in opportunities last week so yes but here's deshaun jackson what has deshaun jackson been he's the buck he's the buccaneers the version of deshaun jackson He's not the Eagles version. He's the Buccaneers version. You might get one for 13 because he just doesn't catch his big bomb and he's barely used. Or, you know, off those four targets, you get two for 70 and a touchdown. And that's what you're hoping for. He's really exactly what he's always been. He's just yes. in his mid-30s now rather than his mid-20s. And when well, he was in his mid-20s, he would pop a few more of those plays and say, get everybody... 10 targets. And instead of that, he gets five targets and he pops, you know, every 
for every five targets he gets, he pops a big play like on a point five of those five targets. I was gonna say like that's the thing though is like the the Eagles version of Deshaun Jackson wasn't that bad. It was only about four bad games the, a year. So the Eagles version of Deshaun Jackson was awesome. Yeah. He was like Tyler Lockett before Tyler Lockett. He was uh who's the one for so it was Mike Wallace, Deshaun Jackson, and the one for the Ravens. What the hell's his name? I can't think of Ravens name. Oh, oh the wide receiver is he's the clone of him. Oh my god, why can't I think of it? Like <laughs> Smith popped him into my head and then Traquan Smith popped into my head. As soon as that mm-hmm. popped into my head, pff, done. If anybody's listening in the Lee chat, Evans. They, they can like help me out. This is cuz this is going to infuriate me until I think of it. All right, we'll think about it. We'll we'll keep it in our minds as we move on through our games because Cardinals and Bears is the next one I want to talk about. Another one of those big road favorites, Arizona, minus 7.5. And And that one's creeping up toward 8 now, actually, uh, in Chicago. 45.5, the spread on this game. Seems, as you and I are sitting here talking on Thursday morning, like we're getting Kyler Kyler Hopkins, Kyler Murray, and DeAndre Hopkins back. Are you totally comfortable just throwing them right back into your lineups? Hey, I'm comfortable 100% on Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray plays, put him right back in there. They've been playing yeah. the waiting game smartly, and that's really what it comes down mm-hmm. to is they've been, you know, it's, it's, they it's understand. picked up games in the standings on yeah. the ramps without yeah. Kyler. Yeah, so, and that's the thing. It's like you, they've they've gotten away with, I don't say like gotten away, but like the best case scenario, they, they basically were able to win without him, which is surprising. Um but the, the DeAndre Hopkins one, I want to see the reports more because DeAndre Hopkins before this was still only a wide receiver too because he wasn't seeing that 24 yeah. 25% target share like he used to. I think you have to start him. No, not Hollywood Brown, everybody. It's not now. It was old school Ravens. Like, <laughs> he was a kick returner too. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, I think you I'm looking some stuff up because this is killing me now. Too. Isn't it? It's so aggravating. Um, <laughs> But I would say, look, you, you want to probably get Hopkins in there, but you might have other yeah. options unlike Kyler Murray. That's just what I'm saying. I, I would say Kyler yeah. Murray's a – you have to play Kyler Murray. DeAndre Hopkins, you might have options at this point. You might have made moves to uh, you know, take care right. of your situation. Yeah. Is there is it Torrey Smith by any chance? Thank you. Yeah. That's why the T. Smith came in my mind, and I got <laughs> Traquan, and I could not get it out of my head. Thank you. Yes, Torrey Smith. He was a wide receiver too that year. Yeah. Yeah, he had some great years. He was a really useful fantasy player in some of those seasons. Uh, Darnell Mooney, Cole, Cole Komet, they were useful fantasy players last week. Darnell Mooney's been a useful fantasy player the last two weeks. How about this week? Darnell Mooney every single week. That's easy. Move on from that. Uh, yeah. I would say not, not Cole Komet. Tight ends, this is the inverse of the Cardinals from about three or four years ago, which is, is like start Joe Blow against the Cardinals <laughs> at tight end because uh-huh. they let every tight end in the history forever score. Uh, but – and now at this point they are rocks. It's they're one of the better defenses in the league, and they just destroy tight ends. They just not they, them and the Patriots this year are really tough against tight ends. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm worried to go back to that game real quick. I am worried about Dawson Knox too. Yeah, I mean I, I think you have to be like we said. You sort of have to be worried about everyone in that game who's not named uh, Stephon Diggs. Diggs and Josh yeah. Allen. I mean that's really just the case, which also is something that. We're not the way that the, the the game has transitioned. We're not used to seeing that from what's the biggest game of the week, and that really that is the biggest game of the week this week: Bills and Patriots. And usually, when we talk biggest game of the, I'm talking real life. When we talk about that, we're talking about 
huge offensive performances. You know, we're talking about Chiefs Packers or something like that. And this is unquestionably the biggest game of the week for just a pure football fan. Probably the most fun game of the week, the most meaningful matchup. And it might be a letdown from a fantasy perspective. And uh, it turns out that indeed yes, we yes, do have Mike yes. McCarthy's brother watching. And, and for so J- thanks, Brian, for joining. And for loyal <laughs> loyal listener Jiggles, yes, you are correct. Uh, you missed the intro because Mike's got friends who have uh-huh. weddings in the middle of the football season, and that's why we had to do yeah, this sorry. early. Yeah, sorry, Jiggles. I got I to gotta get on a flight in uh, a couple of hours here, so we had to move things up this week. And we got to keep things moving along, so let's get to uh, Chiefs and Broncos. This is the Sunday night football game. Speaking of schedules moving, this was flexed into Sunday night. Chiefs, nine-and-a-half-point favorites against the Broncos. Uh, just what are your impressions? I don't really know what to – I mean, we basically know what these teams are, I feel like, to the, for the most part. Question mark? So just your impressions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are your impressions just going into this game when you're thinking about the fantasy implications? of it what are you thinking about uh, I would think about that Clyde Edwards Alaire looks to be back into the lead and securely mm-hmm. so in the fact that you don't even want to start Daryl Williams although we don't know for sure but I guess you know the Broncos defense has been better in the second half than it was in the first uh, they were actually pretty exploitable in the first half of the season but I say Clyde Edwards Alaire is fine Tyreek Hill Travis Kelsey you know that if you didn't stop mm-hmm. yet on trying to make Mark Meikle Harmon a thing weeks and weeks and weeks ago just stop there's <laughs> nobody else there has never been nobody else it's, it's Tyreek Hill and nobody else in the wide receiver position mm-hmm. on the Broncos side start the backfield the end. Okay. I mean, I guess Judy as a wide receiver three slash four, but that's where we are now. Yeah. It's like you can't start Sutton. Sutton's been droppable for weeks. Tim Patrick's yeah. in front of him and playing in front of him. Forget the fact of what we think about pure talent and the contracts mm-hmm. involved. Teddy Bridgewater also kills the passing game. So it's yep. unfortunately, and I, that includes Noah Fant too. You know, I hated Noah Fant this year for paying up because <laughs> yes, people were I taking do. him as his top six, seven tight end. I'm like, no, yep. he's probably not even going to be a tight end one. Do you know, actually, do you know this, Beller? Do you know where he is right now on tight ends? Uh, I would I would guess like 19. Uh, no, you're, I thought you were about to say 12. It was It's 12. And he's about to fall out, though, because Rob Gronkowski... <laughs> how is he 12? Is that, the position's been that bad? That's how bad the position is. But Rob Gronkowski <laughs> and Logan Thomas are behind him. So they, they leapfrog okay. him in a points-per-game basis. So there you go. And then, yeah, yeah he's about easily. to drop out into the teens. Yeah. You never want that low-end, volume, I've-stayed-healthy-based <laughs> tight end one. Because that guy is not doing anything. The Frank Gore of tight ends. Yeah, that's exactly where uh, where Noah Fant clearly uh, has been this season. Ravens and Steelers, next game I want to talk about here. Jake, Ravens, four-and-a-half-point favorites in Pittsburgh. 43-and-a-half is the total on this game. And, like, can this game get into the mid-40s with the way these teams, especially Pittsburgh, are playing? Like, we talk about Cleveland uh, in this division, in this context, but I feel like the Steelers' offense isn't getting enough attention as being really a roadblock to fantasy production because of the name brands that are on their offense. And that's Yeah, uh, so the Steelers' defense can be problematic. Uh, this, You know, I think the Steelers' defense is pretty much uh, – trying to think. Uh, you know – Deshaun Jackson, like you, you might get the Steelers deep. Like, look at it. I mean, honestly, look at some of the games. They've given up 40 points. And then other weeks, mm-hmm. it's just like they obliterate their opponents, just shut down everything. And they still have the talent yeah. to do so. And the funny thing was, is like there was a time where it's like, well, it's just whether or not TJ Watt is healthy. And then it didn't matter. Like, there's some games where they just go out there, there's nothing going right. And we just saw that recently. And then there's some games where they turn around and just mm-hmm. shut down the, like I said. So they could go either way. This is a division game. We've seen this for years where this ends up being, I had a hesitation and even answered this question in the comments where 
I just feel like this might be one of those grinder type games. Like we're turning feel the same way. Yeah, where it feels like that's why I think you see the forty three and a half because it might just be neither team gets to fifty fifty five snaps on their offense, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of plotted out with Najee Harris and then the Ravens, Lamar Jackson slash backfield, and there's not a lot of passing upside in it. Like you still have to Deontay Bay, wide receiver one. You start him no matter what. Sure. The Ravens do give up a lot of chunk receiver plays, so I think Claypool actually falls into the Deshaun Jackson type of conversation this week is that mm-hmm. you might get three for 80 for Claypool, but you might get a really quiet game, and then you play Marquise Brown for that kind of play on the other side, but uh, outside of Friar Muth, the t- well, basically Andrews, the tight ends, locks, you have to mm-hmm. play them. The backfield sure. situation, you pretty much play Freeman and Harris and then Lamar Jackson, and then Marquise Brown, and Claypool are in play, but that I would not go to Bateman, and then I wouldn't yep. try and chase another option on the Steelers. This game's got like Ravens twenty three thirteen written all over it, doesn't it? <laughs> like the, that sort of plotting game. Justin Tucker like, like makes a couple 14, of long field goals, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be it's going to be uh, like Ravens Browns all over again. What I feel like what we saw from last week with like a better performance from Lamar Jackson because you just don't expect Lamar to have two total duds in a row right. like that. So right. but like the same sort of low scoring plotting run game based, maybe a few big pass plays, but it's not going to be pretty. And so, I mean, you, you like all those guys you mentioned, like, it's not like you're, it's not like, Oh, it's going to be ugly. So I'm sitting Deontay Johnson. Oh, it's going to be ugly. I right. can't play Najee Harris. That's ridiculous, but it is going to be an ugly game. It, yeah. Absolutely. I just don't see now any watch way it be that 40 this is suddenly to 30 like or a, something like that. <laughs> right. I just, I just don't see a path for the game to get like, I mean, Pittsburgh can't play like that. They just can't, they, like they just can't, they can't play that style of game. They just don't, no matter how much talent there is. And there's plenty of talent at the wide receiver and running back positions for this team. They just, because of what Ben Roethlisberger is at this stage of his career and what that offensive line is, they're just not built to play That's a right game right. like that. So, yeah, exactly. It's just uh, it's a game that uh, you're going to be playing your guys, but don't expect huge performances necessarily. How about Eagles and Jets? Eagles six and a half point favorites against the Jets. Forty five and a half is the total. This game is in New York, and uh, let's look at the Eagles side of mm-hmm. things here, Jake. Uh, we have to talk about it just because of what this backfield has been. Just this road. It's Miles Sanders. It's Boston Scott. It's Jordan Howard. It's Miles Sanders. It's Jordan Howard. It's Boston Scott. How are you treating the running backs for Philly in this week? Uh, you just said it. <laughs> Get frustrated. No, look, if Jordan Howard's out, which it sounds like he might be again, uh, you can start uh-huh. both of them. And that's really like Miles Sanders got banged up in that game, and then he came back. Uh, so that was part of why, because he, he wasn't that bad before he left the game. So it wasn't that. Like, no, yeah. Yeah, so you got that upside. And Boston Scott has proven time and again when he's called upon that he can do what's needed here. It's the Jets. And honestly – even if Miles Sanders had that happen, being healthy and got outplayed by Boston Scott, you would still start both running backs because it's the Jets. That's what you're doing. You're playing both yeah. running backs. <laughs> uh, the Eagles passing side of it, I love Jalen Hurts for a bounce back week, also rushing side of it. I also love Devonta Smith for a bounce back week because it's not like, you know, it, the worst case scenario with Devonta Smith, I guess they get two or three touchdowns all on the ground before he gets his, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he gets shut out for the game. But it's the Jets who just let... The volume king himself, Brandon Cooks, getting to the back of the end zone on a big play. That's what you're hoping for. The Jets side yeah. of it, nothing. Yeah, the Jets side. No, I mean, nothing. Tevin Coleman, which here's the crazy thing I'll say is uh, I just had this conversation yesterday. 16 with, carries last week. Well, that's what it is. So he's the good version of Rex Burkhead. He's actually mm-hmm. getting production with those carries. But 
I, you know, I had this debate with Jeff, and I'm interested to see if you, you're on my side or Jeff Ratcliffe's side of it. Is I said I'm not even starting Elijah Moore, even if Corey Davis is out, because two things: Darius Slay one, and then mm-hmm. two is Zach Wilson destroys this offense, ruins <laughs> this offense. It's like putting Nathan, Nathan Peterman out there. The offense is god awful, terrible. And that includes Elijah Moore, unfortunately, who had, what, four for 47 in a walk-up? That should have been a, a cakewalk. That was the Houston Texans. You should have mm-hmm. walked all over them. Yeah. Um, so uh, I would tend toward benching Elijah Moore because we've seen this from Zach Wilson now for a big stretch of the season where it's just they can't do anything. Like, they can't get anything started. I think Nathan Peterman is an apt uh, comparison here. I will say that I'm probably not, just to pull back a guy who we've been talking about uh, a lot today, I'm probably not reaching down to Deshaun Jackson and hoping he pops a big play over Elijah Moore. I'm probably still playing Elijah Moore there. But I feel as though, just given how Elijah Moore's season has gone, whether you drafted him late and held him all year until he broke out, or you picked him up on waivers, most Elijah Moore teams probably have three other receivers they can start without reaching down to the likes of Deshaun Jackson. And so I feel like most Elijah Moore teams are going to be in a position where I would be recommending they sit Elijah Moore. But I wouldn't go crazy. I wouldn't reach for a, you know, hope and pray I get one big play and start that guy over Elijah Moore. Right, right. That's where I'd be. That's where I'm sitting with him. So an interesting week, an interesting week for sure for these uh, for these two teams. It's it still means something to the Eagles, and so they really need this game. You can't be uh, clawing your way into the NFC playoffs and losing to the Jets. So a big big week for those Philadelphia Eagles. A big week for the Indianapolis Colts as well. Eight and a half point favorites in Houston. Forty five and a half the total on this game. Any concerns for Michael Pittman? I mean, obviously you're playing him, but 53 uh, yards last week, 23 yards the week before that. Did have 71 yards in the win over Jacksonville in Week 10. No touchdowns, however, in that one. Uh, anything about the way this offense is going and Jonathan Taylor dominating things and um, the the passing game not being reliably productive week in and week out that has you worried at all? No, I'm not. It really comes down to is Jonathan Taylor was beasting and at the same time, uh, you know, Carson Wentz has had some down games. And so if mm-hmm. you think Carson Wentz, look at their – they're facing the Texans. This goes back to Jalen Hurts <laughs> type of situation. It's like you think Michael Pittman's going to get his as, even by halftime. So I would say not concerned. Michael Pittman is – actually, I think I have Michael Pittman potentially pushing my top 15 this week if I could go look at it real quick. Did you remember where I had mm-hmm. him? I could double check. I do Michael not Pitt- remember He is 14. There you go. One spot Ooh, okay. in front of Marquise Brown. So there you go. Oh, wow. So there you go. Um, Brandon Cooks and no one else in Houston? I don't even know if I want Brandon Cooks this week. You know I love Brandon Cooks. Really? He's the volume king. Yeah, it's just – I I think you have to as a wide receiver three, but I think this could be one of his – the down games. This could be definitely one of those three for 45 games where it's frustrating. He's more risky this week than he was last week. This game could get ugly pretty quickly. That's what happens when the Texans – (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of their games get ugly pretty quickly, yeah. which is funny. Like the, the Lions, you know, the Lions are one of the best. Yeah, I guess you, you were talking about this a couple weeks ago. They're like eight and three against the spread. It's just you brought it up. I bet they're going to have I bet they're going to have the biggest differential between uh, against the spread record and actual spread actual record in NFL history. Yeah. Because they're they're like a de- they're a decent against the spread team. We're good. we still got that game to talk about, but we're going to talk about Rams and Jaguars first. Uh, Rams minus thirteen at home against Jacksonville. This is the Survivor Special. If you have saved the Rams <laughs> to this point, just check that box and move on to Week fourteen. And hey, hope everyone else uh, loses, and you just can win Survivor this week. Um, 
this has to be a huge rebound week for the Rams, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, does anyone? I, I do not see any way in which the Rams don't roll out there and put up like 37 points and just everyone does something for you. Unless uh, Stafford's head, shoulders, knees, and toes are still so bad that he comes out of the game early. That's really the only way yeah. it's going to happen. Yeah, this should be fire up everybody. The only concern we have is OBJ? Fun. You? Even yeah. you, OBJ? Yeah. Uh, I have Odo Beckham and Van <laughs> Jefferson very close this week. I said that's the biggest thing is I had them both close, and I think that's what my pushback was more that are we just – yeah, OBJ 27, Van Jefferson 29. Sandwiched in between them. Wow. Jerry Judy. So there you go. It's just, <laughs> and then Claypool's right there. Uh, so that, that's really what it comes down uh-huh. to. Yeah, start both of them. If Daryl Henderson plays, you're absolutely 1,000% starting Daryl Henderson. If he doesn't, sure. Sonny Michelle becomes a top 15 almost running back because you're assuming they're just going to yeah. be grinding out the clock against them. But even so, I don't think it's going to be as much as it is most teams because what the Rams have shown with Matthew Stafford is similar to Tom Brady's Buccaneers is that just because you're up by 20 – doesn't mean you're going to yeah. stop throwing. Bu- Buffalo. Right. So Brian yeah, Dable, yeah. Josh Allen, Buffalo If they Bills. score 40 mm-hmm. and there is no Daryl Henderson, that doesn't mean Sonny Michelle necessarily got 102 touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, Sonny <laughs> Michelle could still only get one touchdown on 60 yards and Matthew Stafford just threw uh-huh. for 350 and four. Yep, yep, definitely. Not a team that's going to – I mean, they're just they're – just, without Daryl Henderson, it's, it, I, I feel like it's more – it's more Bills than Buccaneers, although the Buccaneers are a fine um, comparison because they're just they're without Henderson, they're not built to run games out with the run game. So right. like the Bills aren't built to run games out with like they can be up thirty five nothing, but they still need to like their their run game is short passes or whatever. Like that's just how they still have to play because of the personnel and the offensive design that they have. So I think we could see something similar from the Rams this week in a world where Daryl Henderson doesn't play. Uh, really quick, let's get this question in from Kyle Woods. Um, I can just boil it down to the essence here for you. Probably need someone in place of Waller. Are you playing Goddard or Ertz knowing that you are um, playing against Kyler and Don't have care. Ertz on your team? Don't care. I I knew you were going to say that. Rank whoever's ranked higher. If you disagree and you want to make that this has zero to do with who you're facing, do not ever set mm-hmm. your lineup based on your <laughs> opponent's lineup. Don't ever even look at your opponent's lineup and save yourself the headache and the frustration of doing mm-hmm. it because it often leads to the wrong call. Now Goddard's ahead of Ertz, but it's not a huge gap. Like if you still want to do Ertz, sure. if you disagree with me, that's trust your gut. Like go Ertz, but it's not because you're facing Collar. It has nothing to do with it. I. Jake says this all the time, and I wholeheartedly agree. Um, I, I, to be honest, I, I never know who I am playing against, meaning like who the, my opponent has on their team, until probably like four o'clock Eastern time on Sundays. And I have no idea way to who do I'm it. playing against. Yeah, because it's just you just play the best players on your team. Worry about you scoring the most points, and trust that that's going to be what gets you a win, not this sort of gamesmanship. Like best case, it's two negatives to one positive. Like, best case scenario, yeah. you offset Kyler. Well, there's mm-hmm. two ways it could go wrong. Is Kyler plays and just never throws to Ertz and has a big game anyway, <laughs> and you, yep. you hurt yourself. Which is very possible. Yes. Or <laughs> right. the entire passing game goes down, and Kyler Murray yeah. does nothing, and Ertz still does nothing, <laughs> which might sound like equal, but it's not, because if you would have uh-huh. played Goddard, you would have got that leg up that you lost right. by yep. going with Ertz. Just worry about your own team. Your opponent's going to do numbers. what they're going to do regardless of what you do. Right? right. Yeah. This is all math. This is all just simple addition. And you want your numbers to add up to as much as they can, regardless of what your opponent's numbers are adding up to. That's how we really play this game. 
All right, Jake, two more games to get to here. Vikings and Lions. Vikings are seven-point favorites in Detroit. 46, the total on this game. Jamal Williams, you were talking about him earlier. Um, No DeAndre Swift because of the shoulder sprain. Do you feel totally comfortable with Jamal Williams in your fantasy lineups this week? Not totally. Uh, I look, I would put him, I do have him, I think almost top 15. But I think of the entire group of running backs in that mid until high RB2 range, he probably has the most risk. And it's twofold. It's mm-hmm. one, he's playing for the Lions. So let's be honest about how sure. that could go. But two is he's been banged up this year. And is it going to be Jamal Williams gets DeAndre Swift's workload? Or does mm-hmm. he keep getting Jamal Williams slightly boosted up and now Jamar Jefferson or uh, I can't pronounce his last name, but you know who it is, the safety. Yeah, Okubike. Is it Okubike? Uh, but like that's the thing is is it a split maybe that's a true committee all three of them get touches but that's really what yeah. comes down that's the risk so yes i have jamal williams as a top 20 yes i went hard after hey i have flair in my flex shirt i got him in flex last night <laughs> to get a running back because i dropped mike davis because i was tired of i, I mm-hmm. just had nobody Oof. to I, I wanted to drop mike davis like five or six weeks ago i just had nobody to drop him because i kept getting <laughs> outbid but i still had a few bucks yeah. left at this point finally <laughs> uh but i would start jamal williams especially if he's my flex running back i would just take the chance if he's my rb2 that's it. Evaluate your roster and understand it's not it's not the mm-hmm. safest RB two that you would you might think. Yeah. Good spot for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, that's always a good spot for Kirk Cousins. Not, I mean, like that's really, <laughs> I say that tongue in cheek. Unless he's facing like the Bills or something like that, Kirk Cousins is just. This is why I go back to the Justin Herbert thing because mm-hmm. he's frustrating. And similar to why yeah, I always joked about and hated Jared Cook is that these type mm-hmm. of players can have their great game any given week it doesn't matter like <laughs> it's just the thing kirk cousins could throw 303 touchdowns against the bills if he's fit and yeah. then he goes belly up against the jets like just was it that was how many years ago was that when i think it was it was when was it the bills when they were still bad and the vikings were like 21 point favorites at home against and them sucked. and they lost and Kirk Cousins was terrible. It's, and that's like the perfect summation of Kirk Cousins. And that's he probably why. came back the next yes. week against like an awesome Packers team and threw for 403 touchdowns. Right. And that's why everybody's like, why do you hate Kirk Cousins? I don't hate Kirk Cousins. I hate his un- I hate his lack mm-hmm. of predictability. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, any a guy who has his top-end uh, production ability like we've seen from him for years now, throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen against a team as bad as Detroit. I think most Kirk Cousins managers are going to want to start him this week. Let's wrap it up with the game of the week. Dolphins and Giants. Dolphins minus four against the Giants. 40 and a half is the total on this game. What are you doing with the Giants, Jake? We're we're probably not going to know until game time-ish, maybe Saturday, if it's uh, Daniel Jones or Mike Glennon. Do you care if it's Daniel Jones or Mike Lennon as it relates yes. to the rest of the Giants players? Yeah, I do. I don't think it's the end of the world if Sterling Shepard is playing and healthy. Sterling Shepard is Daniel, jo- Daniel Jones' boy. I just That's really what it comes down to. Daniel Jones, a quarterback. Sterling Shepard going to see 25% of the targets. Uh, I tweeted this out earlier this week. For the season, it's target percentage. So team target percentage is how much of the team's targets do you have target percentage for a player is how many times when you're on the field are you targeted Sterling Shepard is inside the top 10 because Daniel Jones just peppers the living hell out of him <laughs> uh, similar uh-huh. to other big names if you go back and look at the list there's some interesting funny enough Deontay Harris was in that list it just shows that like when Deontay Harris is on the field <laughs> yeah. Jameis Winston was throwing to him back when that was happening uh, but anyway the point is is Sterling Shepard if healthy if not Sterling Shepard and Kadoyer's Tony plays Tony is Shepard. Uh-huh. Finkel is Einhorn. Yeah. It's that simple. You just plug him <laughs> in. 
But if there's no Daniel Jones, Sterling Shepard would go from a locked in, you need to play or wide receiver three like a Jacoby Myers, and you hope he scores a touchdown to really make his day. But I'd say you become a risky wide receiver four because Mike Lennon might try to force the ball to Kenny Galladay. He might, you know, yeah. go that way. But And you have to mm-hmm. start Saquon Barkley. Uh, you know, that, the good thing is, is that Sterling Shepard and running backs are the easier way to beat the Dolphins than the outside receivers. Yeah. Yeah, very true. And, and it's been a team that, you know, they've put themselves on the fringes of the AFC playoff race with the way they've played over these last few weeks. We know we're playing Miles Gaskin. That volume is just too good to ignore. We're playing Jalen Waddle also. Where you at on Tua in this matchup? Uh, for Tua, eh, that's mid QB2. Uh, because the Giants, mm-hmm. you know, I said this for a long time. The Giants' secondary is really good because they keep everything in front of them. They'll give up. All, this is like. If you could start Jacoby Myers against the Giants every single week, you'd probably have a top 15 wide receiver. The problem is, is trying to get behind them and trying to get the big plays. And they do give up touchdowns and stuff like that, but they keep most in front of them. So Tua, and maybe he runs a little bit, but he's going to be a mid QB two for me. Jalen Waddell. I've been loving some Jalen Waddell. Jalen Waddell is actually fifth Mm -hmm. in the league in receptions. I start the living hell out of Jalen Waddle, even if Devontae Parker returns. And I actually think Devontae Parker is more intriguing after this game if he comes back. I do not like Devontae, Devontae Parker so much against this giant secondary. Would love to see this Miami offense for just a stretch with everyone, right? I mean, have have uh, have Tua and Devontae Parker played together yeah, this season yet? I think so. I think one game. I know he hasn't played with Will Fuller. Maybe I'm th- <laughs> Yeah, maybe I'm thinking of Will Fuller. Uh, but yeah, like so he hasn't played with Will Fuller and you know whatever that is. But um, uh, Devontae Parker, right? One game they've played together. I would love to see just one. You know, let's just give them a stretch of Tua and Parker and Waddle and Gasicki and Gaskin, and, you know, all out there together. I would just like to see what they could potentially be. So hopefully that's something that we've got over these last few weeks of the season. We thank you for getting us in your ears on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. We are going to call it a show right there. For Jake, I am Michael Beller. Week 13 starts tonight. No Alvin Kamara, in case you've missed that out tonight. So uh, Mark Ingram, you know, maybe you fire him up. Thank you again for listening to us. Thank you for being with us on YouTube, those of you who were. Good luck in week 13. We will talk to you guys soon. Let's all go out there and get some W's in this crucial, crucial fantasy football week. See you.